Welcome to episode 754 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode five, no, seven hundred and fifty-four of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Good, mate. I fooled you there, so I didn't have the number on the episode show notes. Well, it's because uh, I, bad, I've, I've, bad way to start the new year for well, me. Well, no, I've rushed you because yeah. basically we normally record on a Tuesday morning, and I'm going in for an operation tomorrow. That, that back that I did a few months ago, <laughs> it's it's not good team. So I'm getting an operation tomorrow, and I, I rang John. And I said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be doing Tuesday morning because I'm doing an overnighter in hospital. Uh, so can you do Sunday? And he said, yep. And then I thought, we'll be doing it on Zoom. I got a knock on the door about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. John's looking very casual summer gear. Yes, that's right. I'm just back from holiday about two or three hours. No, probably four or five hours back from holidays. And from Kaiteri? From Kaiteri. And on, en route, we did a race on the way home. And I'm feeling a little sorry for myself today. You did a race on the way home? So you wait. So I did a race yesterday. Oh, really? Yes. So you we'll trained about that while you're on Kaiteri? Training is a bit of a loose <laughs> term there. I did some training. Okay, I took is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. And I'll start with David, the great greyhound Hutchins, Ken, rocking the free world young, and we've got Glenn Slamming Newbold. Okay, in this week's show, we've got it's a bit of a light on news because not much is really happening in the sport right now, but we're going to go news. We're going to do pro of the week. We are. I had a bit of a look at the results from Daytona, which was the last big race, and I thought I'll just scroll through the list of names here. And the first male and female that I really know, know next to nothing about, we're going to give them as pro of the week. We're going to go over your race plan slash review. I did see you doing a lot. John goes to me, I'm going to be really busy, do a segment. I go, yep. And then he's done all this stuff, and then at the end he's got, put your segment in, I forgot time. <laughs> so. no, I just thought, I put my, what I did, my plan for this event was, how he executed it. I think people are always asking, what do you do for nutrition? We always ask pros, what do you do yeah. for nutrition? How do you sort of get through the race? How do you pace yourself? So I thought I'd go through what I did for the race. It was my big race for the summer. Uh, so I thought I'd go through that. Uh, then a coach's corner is winger of the week. And, and maybe, probably won't be a Bevan segment, but maybe there might be a Bevan segment. Hang on yeah. in there till the end and you never know yeah, what you might You never happen. know what's coming out of the show today. But like America's Cup racing, you hang in there till oh, the end. Team. Now, we understand that no one in the world other than New Zealand right now really cares about the America's Cup. I went on to BBC, which is, uh, which is British um, main... And they've got a team site. in the Cup and they're doing really well. And we went on the sports page, no mention of it whatsoever. Yeah. So I think it's just us down in New Zealand. But there was a race today with the American team. We were racing the Italian team. And the American team's skippered by a Kiwi guy who used to be on the Kiwi team and just has a lot of bad luck. <laughs> and their boat capsized and it was dramatic, wasn't it, John? <laughs> it was. And they, that's what I was meaning. It's never over till you know, hanging there till the and end. They were leading, weren't they? They were smoking it, and they just had to cruise in, and they would have been okay. But oh, dramatic stuff. Hang in there. Anyway, team uh, John, let's get straight into news. So first of all, the first thing is that the us the following the sellout of the twelve Ironman distance races across the United States and Canada in twenty twenty one, Ironman Indiana Triathlon will take place as a one time event on the Saturday, the second of October. Hopefully we see a bit more of this. So the reason Ironman have done this is all their races have sold out. Uh, so Muncie is a traditionally just a 70.3. They also yep. had the World Champs. Half, no, what did they have? They had the ITU World Long Distance Champs there in 1996. Jeez, you that, might think that, that, that is I, very good. Well, the only reason I know that is because I was in America in 1996 and part of our training Wait, group. What were you doing in America? 
Was it 1996? Yeah, it was. Uh, we, Cleveland World Championships. Oh, okay. So we did a training camp in Flagstaff, Arizona. How long were you there for? Uh, a couple of weeks. Was it awesome? Uh, it didn't really work for me. Why? So much. I was a bit of a late responder, so we came down from altitude, and I was a junior at the time. I was only eight, uh, what was I? Must have been 19. And I came down, didn't perform that well, then a couple of weeks later, I was um, I was good. So you have your people that respond really well and they come straight down yep. and others respond differently. And my um, red blood cells didn't change that much either. So I wasn't much of a responder. When, when you did that, how many people were on the camp? Uh, there was probably about 10 or 12. And I was just lucky because I was a junior, but Cameron Brown was there. And the reason I remember the 70, uh, the half Ironman world champs was because Jamie Hunt was there and he was he's the founder of Two Times You and yep. he was a very good athlete. Which I think they right. sold it recently, didn't yes. they? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Under Armour, maybe, yeah, something like that. Something like that yeah. uh, but he was there and he wasn't doing the ITU world champs. He was going off to do the long distance world champs. At briefly. that time, who was the man in the group? You know, within the group of guys you're training with, who was like, that's the dude? Uh, well, Hamish Carter wasn't there. He did his own okay. thing. So Cameron Brown was, I'm pretty sure Cameron Brown was there. And there was Jamie Hunt, and then yeah, no, nobody else really. Yep. Um, but definitely Hamish was the only one that was knocking on the door for getting anywhere. And and so this is bef- just kind of before he goes pro. No, no, he was good then. Oh, okay. Hamish Carter was already good. Okay, interesting time. So that, that's why I knew that the world champs were there. So what they've done here is they've added uh, a long distance Ironman to the seventy point three, um, basically because. Why not? There's, why not? You know, there's the, all the races are full. Uh, so hopefully they'll do a few more of those. For, so for those of you that have missed out on racing, you get a chance to do an Ironman this year, fingers crossed. Now, with the American races at the moment, are they happening? Not at the moment, oh, but yep. they'll be scheduled to be happening from April, May. Can't see that happening, no. but who knows? Maybe by the middle of the year, who knows? Yeah, it's interesting watching, you know, again, we've talked a lot about this, but in New Zealand, it's very much life as normal, um, but watching what's happening in the UK right now and, and that deeper lockdown, which must be so tough, uh, and America, you know, where it seems to be pretty devastating what's happening over there, uh, we, you, you know, we're in that moment where we can see a light, but it's just not sure how big that light is, eh? you know, mm. and it's like, hurry up with that light. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Team uh, BMC have renounced their roster for 2021. They've got it's kind of that kind of second tier level of athlete there. Oh, pretty good athletes. They haven't got any world, cha- yeah, they haven't got any sort of world, well, no, <laughs> I was about to say they haven't got any world champions, but their first athlete is actually an ITU world champion oh, okay. long distance from 2018. So Pablo Depana Gonzalez from Spain. We've got Chris Lieferman. He's, uh, he's been had some awesome long distance races won Florida Florida, uh, I mean Florida 2020 Great Floridian 2020 10th of the world champs Um, we've got Kat Matthews uh, she won Ironman Florida in 2020 um, as well as uh, the national 100 mile TT champs in 2020 as well Patrick Nielsen uh, uh, he hasn't really necessarily performed in Kona but he's been second in um, Germany and he's also won the North American champs so he rates really really highly on Torsten's ratings Uh, Max Newman I think might might be a new person on the team. Uh, he's an Asia Pacific champion, so he won Cairns last year. Uh, also won Malulaba in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Um, Chelsea Riley Sidaro, she finished fourth at the 70.3 World Champs in Nice back in 2019. And Christian Hugen, uh, let's see, Hegenhag from Denmark, he won Hamburg in 2019 uh, but Emma Plant is not on the team this year so um, as well as the team BMC then you've got Nikki Bartlett she's um, we had her on the show 
sort of probably the middle part of this year and she was a great bubbly interview and was really cranking it in the Zwift racing, had a great attitude and she's joined up with the Erdinger team. So Erdinger is uh, those guys in the blue outfits, you see Petra, um, Patrick Langer um, on that team and you see, what's his name, the other, the bald German fella, um, Andreas Dreitz, oh, yep. um, they've also got Andreas Raylett and actually... Uh, just noticed they've actually got my uh, Pro of the Week on their team as well, Nils Fromhold. So mostly Germans. Uh, so she is the token Brit on the team. Question I have is, how many teams are there at the moment? We've probably got about four or five. I'm going to say there's. No, I'd say there's a couple more than that. Okay. Yeah, it's the Erdinger. What was that one that, that was quite big for a while? There, that when we met the, the when we were in Kona, we met the the billionaire who funded it. Um, you you oh you place but that's this team that's BMC they've just had a couple of name changes okay. along the way, um, but then you've got the Bahrain yeah that's that's, 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 that's that's the that's the big guns but they don't make much noise out of that team it's just a Do you know what we don't really well I suppose it's been a funny year hasn't it because we we often got a lot of PR releases from them mm. um, with the, in the last period but no one's been racing so obviously that's probably why but it's interesting you don't really hear a lot from them at the moment. Mm. Mm. Teams, teams are an interesting thing. I think I think they're good because I think the athletes get some value, they get some support. You know, it's a good thing in our sport. It's never really taken off. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I don't really know. It is very much kind of like a philanthropy. Uh, what's it with? Philanthropy? Philanthropy. Philanthropy, that's one. Um, it's a bit more like that, isn't it? It's, you know, mm. I'm not sure if it's a good investment for a business. Oh, you're spreading your spreading your cookies out a little bit wider. You know, you're getting a bit more blanket coverage, uh, and and it might be, hey, we don't necessarily see all these teams rocking up and dominating in Kona, but you might go to a race in Germany, you know, seventy point three, and if they try to get, you know, they might have three people in the top ten or something like that. Then you go, hey, Jesus, quite a few of them there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, also coming up this weekend in New Zealand, we're going to have a really really good race because we've got all the top Kiwis racing. You got uh, it's at the Mount Festival, which is uh, the Tauranga. It used to be called the Port of Tauranga Half Ironman, so a longer standing, long distance race in New Zealand. <laughs> I've never done it, surprisingly enough. Why, um, Tommy? I don't know. Just never really got around to it. Um, Odd, yeah, because there wouldn't be many big races in New Zealand you haven't done. Uh, yeah, it's just a pain in the ass to go to the North Island. North Island has never come down to the South Island hardly, so, oh, so it's payback. Yeah, it's payback. I'm <laughs> yeah, it's like, screw, my you, face. screw you, North Islanders. And it's in yeah, so it's going to be a good race. You got Kyle Smith, and he's one of the top ranked, I think, seventy point three athletes at the moment because he's unbeaten. So he's beaten all these guys like um, Braden Curry, Mike Phillips, etc. And he's had, I think, he's had three starts, three wins. Undefeated, um, but he's going up against Braden Curry, Mike Phillips, Terenzo Bozzoni, Cameron Brown. Um, so that should be yeah, a cracker that's of a race. A good race isn't it? Uh, and then the women's race will be a bit more of a grudge match between Hannah Wells and Teresa Adam, both sensational female, you know, top world class athletes. So it's for, for Kiwi Field, this is as good as it gets. So with Kyle Smith, um, has he done full distance yet? No, but he's a young fella. He's still under 23. So. Um, yeah, he's going great. So he'll be trying to peak for this race, not like I'm in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. So that's to his advantage. I think so. Yeah, good times. Okay, hot topic of the week, guys. This is the first one for 2021. And we thought to ourselves, well, it is the beginning of 2021. And it's that moment where you kind of sit down and do some goals and think about what you want to achieve. So we kind of thought, what would be your dream year as an athlete in 2021? So kind of if we were to ask this question at the beginning or at the beginning of 2022, looking back on this year, what would you hope to be the ultimate year for yourself as an athlete. 
There we go. John, let's get into Pro of the Week. Pro, pro of, the week. of the Week. So Pro of the Week, uh, tell me all about it. So I scrolled down the list of females first, and I scrolled down first Paula Finlay, no her, second Annie Haug, no her, third Laura Phillip, no her, um, fourth Holly Lawrence, um, fifth Amelia Watkinson, we had her on the show fairly recently, sixth was Sky Munch, who we also had on the show during, so probably, yeah, middle of the year, um, seventh, I think Finella Language, I think I've already done her before, um, eighth was Sarah Svens, who uh, we also had a brief interview on fairly recently, and then I got to ninth, Elizabeta Cor- yeah, I, le- I left that one to you. Corridori from Italy. Never heard of her before. She swam a 27.43. She rode 156.32 and she ran a 108.17. That was one of the faster run splits of the day. Uh, you had Paula Finlay running a 106, Annie Haug running a 105. I can't remember if that probably includes the penalty as well. Um, but very competitive with, you know, Almost all those top 10 females were running around that 108, 109 mark, unless they faded slightly. But geez, I tell you what, I, I got pretty excited about the men's racing, second through to probably, God, it was probably about 10th almost, was really, really close. But in the females' race as well, so in, where do we look, look here? Uh, at, between 8th and 12th, there was only. 47 seconds. Really? And you're losing $1,000 to $2,000 per place. And for those athletes in those ranking points or positions, that makes quite a big difference. Yeah. You know, a lot of their races, they'll get maybe get 2000 for a win. Uh, so Elizabeth is from Italy, and, uh, yeah, she had a fantastic race. What's cool now is the PTO, yeah, you go onto their website. Profiles, eh? They've got profiles on the athletes, so I don't have to go and do too much uh, homework. So she made her pro debut in 2017, uh, winning her first race in 2019 at Challenge Riconi in Italy, um, with another victory in Lisbon just two weeks later. Um, She's a former Italian champion at both triathlon and duathlon, winning both races in 2018. And she took up the sport in 2004 after watching the first edition of Xterra Italy, which was held in her hometown of... Villa Cedro in Sardinia. Um, yes, and she said her father was a huge influence on her career as he had a huge passion for cycling and her heroes include Marco Pantoni, Marco Pantani and uh, Matthew Vanderpol, who's a fantastic cyclist. She's got Chrissy Wellington and Bella Bayless. And Bella Bayless is now coaching her, I believe. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. cool. On her. Yeah. So when I look through her sort of credentials on uh, the World Triathlon, I'm going to start calling it that now. It just sounds a bit odd. Yeah, it does sound odd, doesn't it? Instead of ITU, yeah, it's sort it's of just World that transition triathlon. in your head, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, in 2018, she won the Italian national champs uh, both triathlon and duathlon um but yeah all the way back in 2014 she finished third place in the schlerzy cross triathlon so started her sort of career doing quite a bit of cross triathlon in 2014 2015 um so yeah a name to look out for when you're finishing you know she finished one place in front of um, Nicholas Spurig beat a bunch of other very good pro athletes you know the likes of Emma Pallant um, Kim Morrison Jody Stimson Nikki Bartlett etc um you're doing pretty well one so, thing is I've, while you were talking I went on her Instagram and she is you know how some people just are smiley Mm-hmm. You know, and just have a great natural smile. She has one of the best smiles in the world. She just, all her Instagram photos, she's just got a real natural, you kind of get the feeling, and this is based on photos, <laughs> but she's just a lovely person. 
nice. Yeah, you just yeah, I know that's random, but you just like you just yeah, her Instagram's a really good you know good pro Instagram follow, but you know you just get the feeling she's a really nice person. When I looked at the men's field from um, uh, from the PTO race at Daytona, I had to scroll a little bit further to start finding names that I wasn't too familiar with. Um, in third place, we had George Goodwin, and I think we did a little bit of a profile on him, so I thought I'd skump, skip over him. Um, but then most of the other white names, this is, it just shows how good a field it was. Actually, I probably should have done Thomas Davis. He finished in 12th place. Maybe I'll come back to him next week. Um, but 17th place was Frederick Funk from Germany. He swam 23.47. Uh, rode a 140.17 and ran a 104.04. Um, <clears throat> the top guys were running sort of 57, 58, 59 minutes and most of them were biking. Yeah, he was in the same sort of ballpark so mainly just lost it a bit on the run. But finished in 17th place, took home 7,000 uh, US dollars so worth the trip across probably from Germany. Um, certainly would have broken even you'd think. Um, but yeah, uh, again, I've got a profile of him. He's currently ranked 35, 35th on the um, PTO rankings, and he's been racing competitively since 2011, turned professionally in 2018. Um, and Some interesting stuff here. So his parents have been triathletes for 30 years, mm. so they're really much kind of bred that into him. Uh, he wanted to be a, he wanted to be a soccer player or a football player. Cristiano Ronaldo was his favourite player of all time, but as a triathlete, he loves Andreas Raylert. You know, a good German connection there. Ironically, he's now on, the, on a team with Andreas Raylert. So I brought up before when he's on the, he's on the Erdinger Alcohol Frey team, which is alcohol free, and Erdinger they sponsor triathletes. The the, the it's made just near Roth, um, so that's a sort of connection there. So he's now on the same team as his idol, uh, Andreas Raylert. How cool is that? Yeah, very cool. There was a, there was on the um, I was on Reddit the other day, and they had this photo where oh, I can't remember some kid was with a guy who basically it was kind of people who met their stars when they were younger than grew up and they had this mm-hmm. kid who they have a photo of Michael Phelps with a kid but it was a kid who beat him in for the Olympic gold medal and like 15 years later right yeah and it's such yeah. a cool photo and you know you can see this kid just idolising Michael Phelps yeah and then he ends up beating him as an athlete you know within a period of his life yeah. it's just that cool you know when you idolise people and, and you hope your idols are actually kind of live up to it often they don't yeah. but yeah. Um, but it is cool when you get to be that kind of to realise you're a peer of someone who you've looked up to is a pretty special thing in life so he kicked off 2014 he sort of a, did a whole bunch of junior racing was trying his hand at uh, sort of the ITU stuff won the German champs in 2016 which would have been quite a big deal uh, and then yeah so tried a bit of ITU stuff but didn't look like he could quite make it and he's clearly stepped up to Olympic distance oh no sort of half distance and is doing really well um, uh, of one of the very few races that did p- take place this year, they had one of these PTO-supported races, which was an Olympic distance race. No, it wasn't even Olympic. It was I remember it was a pool-based triathlon, and he finished in third place there, which is pretty good. He, uh, Gustav Eden won it uh, in front of Peter Hemerick, and then Frederick Funk was in third place. So he's another one of these young fellas to, to keep an eye out for. Well, only 23. Mm-hmm. You know, and pull off the 17th. I know that it's not, you know, stellar, stellar performance, but at that race in that field, mm. you know, he's got lots of potential and he's got plenty of years in front of him. So, yes, indeed. It's a name to look out for, John. Okay, let's do John's, John's race, race yesterday. <laughs> That's what you've got, John's race yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so, so, we knew you were heading into the summer break and we knew you were doing the St. James race. And that was the race you were doing last year, which were, if you recall, last year we were having quite a few laughs because we weren't quite sure if John had to do a kayak or a swim. And the, literally, like the week before the race, we may have thought he was doing a kayak, but it turns out luckily he was doing a swim. Uh, so you go back this year, 
you know the race now. Mm. What, what kind of objectives are you Big advantage at? knowing a race like this. Is it really? Um, in some ways, it takes away from the, a little bit from the adventure because you kind of know yeah. what's coming up. But, you know, I was able to go significantly better just through knowing the course this year. And uh, and it's just it's such an old school race. It's like you just rock up and people are going, what's going on? Uh, nobody really knew, knows what's going yeah. on. But at the same time, it's good. It's, a, it's, a, it's good. I'm not complaining. Yeah, no, no, really I, I totally that. get what you're saying. There's, there's just something about... It's not that it's disorganised, but it's just like, you know, chill. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get it together. You swim around that boy, swim around that boy and come in. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 a, it's a whole series of events. Um, so the triathlon, they maybe have 10 to 15 doing it. Uh, they have some doing a kayak event. When I came out of the swim, one of the mountain biking races was starting. Belinda did a half marathon. They have a hundred miler. <laughs> These poor bastards. So they start. This race was a Saturday race that we did. So start Saturday morning. They start Friday morning, um, and it take. They go all through the night to do this hundred miles. So it's not a, just a hundred mile, you know, toddle around. Yeah. You're going up and down mountains and through rivers and How stuff. How many people do that race? Two. Um. So that's why, like, race directors who put on a race like this. Just must do it for passion, eh? Because mm. why would you put a 100-mile race on for two people? And that's why I'm grateful for people like this yeah. put old-school races on. Because um, I can't imagine making much money from it. No. There's enough security measures in place um, that if you get into trouble, you'll probably be okay. Yep. But if you do fall over off the course somewhere, then it's a little bit different. But, mm. you know, you can opt to have a GPS tracker, which is – so there's enough. And you have to carry certain things to, to look after yourself. So there's, there is that risk element, which I kind of like. Um, but, yeah, I, I was the same. I'm grateful that there's still people that will put on those events because it is a bit of a health and safety um, nightmare. But, anyway, they were out on uh, – they started Friday morning. Our race started Saturday. This big thunderstorm came through on Friday night, oh, really? like thunder and lightning. And we were driving up on race morning. And there was snow and hail on the ground and, and stuff. And they, and they continued. And they got there. Yeah, they they did it. They they did the whole thing together. These two guys. So that one hundred sixty k. Yeah. Jeez. So they started then. Um, How long did it take them in the end? I couldn't tell you, okay. but they were going for a while. Yep. So there's a, there's a triathlon option. There's a kayak option. You can do. All four sports, there's a mountain bike, a short and a longer mountain bike race, there's a half marathon, there's 50k, 100k, 100 mile, um, but I was doing the triathlon option, which is a 1500 metre swim in a really cold lake, you're at about 1200 metres elevation in the middle of the high country, middle of nowhere, um, it's about an, about an hour from civilization, um, driving just on a, on a shingle road, um, near a place called Hamlet Springs, if and when travel starts to kick back into action, one of the best places you can go to um, in the South Island. It's a little bit touristy and crowded now, but I still absolutely love it. Uh, <clears throat> and then you do a 64-kilometre mountain bike ride, which is uh, intermediate graded as sort of intermediate to advanced. There's a lot of its... Um, when you say advanced, how skilled do you need to be? Reasonably. Okay. Yeah. Like someone like you who can ride a bike well... I'd you'd you'd want to do some training, yeah, for okay. specific training for it, not just to be fit enough, but the, to be capable enough. Yeah. So if just your average triathlete done no mountain biking, I'd advise against doing okay. it. Um, you need to brush up on your skills. A lot of it you don't. A lot of it is... Yeah, but it's just those moments, isn't it? And oh. if you cock up those moments... And that's like last year. That was um, yep. me last year. So it's 64 kilometres. Last year it took me, you know, a, a par score would probably be about four hours for 
are good at like it's what I did last yep. year. But you're looking at between four and six hours okay. to, to, to do that mountain bike ride, and then a 17k run, which has got a couple of river crossings running. And, and some last paddocks. year, the witness you didn't hadn't thought about the witness of the run, had you? I, I, I took my shoes off to go through the river, yeah. which I did not realise was river crossings. That's right. Yeah, um, that was a failure on my part. <laughs> uh, but this year, I had the right shoes. Uh, so you have two river crossings. You run through sort of boggy field with so sort of cross country stuff, and then you've got some sort of trails. So really nice mix and quite easily mentally to break it into little chunks so very old school relaxed race Kiwis if you're looking for something different I'd encourage you to check it out you go to stjamesmountainsports.co.nz and uh, this year was their 10th year they've been running it um, so one thing that I always do, try to do not necessarily with every race but with my main races is to have some goals and objectives and I think a lot of people don't do this they probably just have a I want to do a sub 10 hour mm. race um, I didn't really have a time in mind here but I've got about five goals that I had going in number one was to push harder than last year and you've got to be able to measure your goals and so my measurement there was was heart rate so I could go right that's what I did last year this is what I did this year did I actually push myself any harder because time is not necessarily the best indicator yep. because conditions can be significantly different than they were this year so number A push harder than last year B was to be push uh, to, to be more confident than last year so less foot downs on the bike um, just be able to ride the river crossings and um, there's quite a lot of river crossings you have to bike through and just have more speed through the technical stuff so for that it was a little bit harder to measure um, but it was still one of my main objectives uh, and then C was to have more focus in the final one third of the bike ride um, and so the ways I was going to try to do that was to have some no-dose um, so that's like a caffeine tablet oh, have good nutrition good hit of caffeine <laughs> yeah good hit of caffeine you can't even you can't get it over the counter now oh really because I went to I, th I haven't been able to find it anywhere and I've said this a, while, a few times but I was in a pharmacy and just said oh, have you got any no-dose and they had to go behind the counter and then had to get it approved by the pharmacist really? as well um, so and what did you tell them you need it for I didn't actually give a reason. I think they just limit the amount okay. they give out to people and probably look you up and down. Yep. You're long here, they'll probably go, no, yeah. you're not having Bloody any. Are you happy? I've told you my nose story, haven't I? I, th I think so. Yeah. Well, no, no, I, 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 I had a packet of Nodos Plus, not just one, oh, yeah. a whole packet because I was such a bad drunk and uh, I couldn't stay awake when I drank. So yeah. I got into the habit of having Nodos to stay awake and it was a New Year's Eve and I ended up having a whole packet and, and it was Nodos Plus. Yeah. I remember I woke up, the oh, I couldn't get sleep. So the yeah. next morning, it's like 10 in the morning. I, you know, I've gone through a whole night of partying, probably started mm. at three in the night. I'm crying in the shower because I want to <laughs> sleep. I'm like, please, let me go sleep. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that's why I gave up drinking. So, so my, yeah, my plan there was to be more present in the final third of the ride and I had some strategies uh, yeah, how I was going to do that and then the last one was to not take it too seriously and enjoy my family support so the whole family was out there Thomas was my support crew Felicity was supposed to be chief photographer got plenty of photos of mum running <laughs> Didn't get, any, didn't get any of dad so that one that one could actually be measured um, I think I got one Thomas took a couple of photos in the swim and that was his lot as well um, always have a checklist as well I'm not going to go through that now but um, that just reduces some anxiety to make sure I've got everything um, in a race like this do you experience anxiety because it's not you know it's not going away and trying to get a great performance uh, not noticeable but you've still got that fight or flight instinct yep. because I think I did five poos before the race oh wow that's so, <laughs> You so empty. yeah, that's uh, that's the usually. Uh, am I ready to race? If there's plenty flowing. Then yep. I think it just it's instinct now for me. So because so in this race good. here, you probably knew. Was there any competition? Um, a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. you probably knew deep down. It was really it's about you against yourself, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
So um, some of the things I do pre-race, um, firstly is I do quite a bit of visualisation, not in necessarily a formal sense, it's like if I've got sort of five minutes and we're not doing anything and I've got some quiet time, basically all I'm doing is just going through the race sort of step by step in my mind and there's no negative negativity or, or worry or anything when I do this, it's just real positive visualisation, just stepping through um, the different stages of the race, so just literally you know, lying down and just going through the swim how I'm going to feel and, and almost taking like a bird's eye view of um, how I'm sort of working my way through this swim, likewise in the bike and the run, but you know the things that I'm thinking about when I'm doing this is just being calm and strong in the swim with good technique. The, uh, one of the things that I knew with this race is it was going to be really cold in the in the water and I was sort of visualising not really being affecting, affected by the cold, I was sort of just accepting of it and just sort of uh, just pushing on through. I'd then just you know be coming out of the swim, and I'd just be now that I know the race, I'd just be visualising myself going through the transition, just ticking off things as I was going through. You know, getting the wetsuit down. With this race, you have gloves and you have a helm uh, helmet on, and you got booties and all that sort of stuff to deal with. But just again, visualising going through that moment, and then just visualising being conquering the bike. You know, there was definitely some worry that I have about the bike but when I'm going through this visualisation process I'm not actually that's not entering my mind I deal with that later in my race plan but when I'm visualising it I'm just visualising myself being strong on the climbs being confident on the downhills maintaining good technique knowing when the areas that are going to be tricky are coming and just visualising myself being strong through them so you visualise kind of the place you are within yourself mm. okay. and it's always really positive uh, it's I actually probably picture myself being better than what I am um, and so maybe that's being a little bit unrealistic but this is just the process that I go through um, so and then likewise on the run it's, a, it's the main bits you know just feeling really positive about things again picturing you know, you know when you see pictures of yourself and you're looking really good when you're out racing mm -hmm. you know having that sort of really good body alignment nice technique nice turnover and just going through the run course now that I know the course and just ticking it all off and so it's all really really positive um, then it, that comes to the actual race plan and that's when I actually deal with some potential anxiety that I may have or particular areas that are that are concerning me so um, I'll quickly go through my breakfast because I know people love to know what everybody eats for breakfast just, um, just, just quickly when it comes to visualisation, do you, like one thing I try to do because I do a kind of thing in the morning where I kind of scan my day because I always think to myself um, a day is defined by two or three moments. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think of most days, it's kind of two or three moments that if you nail those moments, you feel great about your day. Mm. And the most of the rest of your day is kind of a routine thing. And so in my morning, I kind of, I have these, all these processes I do. And one of my processes is just to scan my day and look for those two or three moments. Um, and I basically try to visualize or preload the actions and the thinking that I'll do at that moment. And, and, Almost so that when I hit that moment, it's, it's actually already done. Is that kind of what you're doing? Well, I'd probably do that more in the actual planning process. Okay. So this one is more, like this might take me five minutes maximum to actually go through the race. Yep. That sort of stuff, I leave more to the plan. And then so that because I'm so structured driven, it's like, this is a problem. This is a solution. Okay. Problem, solution, problem, solution. Yep. Um, this is all just all positive, just smoking it all the way okay. through the race. So your nutrition? Nutrition. So breakfast, for what I have for breakfast, uh, fantastic. my lovely wife does an amazing bircher. So I had my breakfast two and a half hours before the start. Um, so I have uh, whole, whole meal um, oats, overnight soaked in soy milk with nuts, seeds, apple, grated uh, grated apple or pear, cinnamon, a pinch of salt. Um, so the nuts and seeds will probably have almonds, uh, sunflower seeds, 
raisins, whatever sort of um, lying around. Just leave it in the fridge overnight and it just all soaks in. Absolutely delicious. Really fills you up. Low, well, most of it's reasonably low glycemic index um, foods, but fills you up really nicely, pretty easy to eat and really tasty. Yep. Um, then 45 minutes before the start, I have a serving of uh, UCAN. And for this race, because it was going to be really hot, uh, I was taking some precision hydration. So you can go back and listen to the interview we did with those guys, I think it was some stage last year. But I was uh, having that in the days leading into the race and had it just before the race as well. So it's basically um, sodium and a bunch of electrolytes as well in a sort of a fizzy, fizzy tablet. Also have my extreme endurance and still believe that makes a massive difference to um, you know, recovery as well as performance. Yep. So my plan, so this is where I do go into a bit more details um, in terms of things that are worrying me. Um, the swim. In this race, I don't do any warm-up because it's just too bloody cold. You're not getting in the water. But do you do um, a warm-up as in like just to move your arms? So yeah, then my, my warm-up is basically going for a short jog and also lots of arm circles. Because um, that's important because if, 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 you know, we, people do a lot of races that are cold. Or you can't access a warm-up yeah, area. Yeah, so it is, you do need to find a way to get the body, you know, because also that thing of, if, especially if you're starting like from the beach or from the side of the water, mm. that shock of getting into the water, Yeah, you know, so it is, you do need to get your body, your heart rate moving a little bit, get the muscles warmer mm. yeah um so that was i don't really have too much of a warm-up to go through it really is just uh you know turning the arms over one of the key things with this race for me is i thought there's a reasonable chance that i was going to be leading the swim ironically i ended up i wasn't um but, but really having some good time down on the side of the lake um, making sure navigation's all sorted picking out those landmarks uh so i can navigate my way through the swim my 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 plan in the swim was to start out pretty quickly um, this time around. Last time I just cruised it the whole way through, but there was a few other people. I didn't really like people swimming on my feet, so I thought I'm just going to go hard and just try <laughs> just to drop it. Just be, get out of my space. They weren't necessarily going to be um, major factors, although Hayden uh, was was biking particularly well. Uh, but I just wanted to be swimming by myself. Uh, and then settled into around about half Ironman effort. That was my plan. And the sort of stuff that I go through my, my head um, from a technique perspective is uh, I've got a real habit of starting to do catch-up swimming when I'm just cruising. So if you guys know catch-up, it's kind of like when uh, I'm sort of not balanced. So I try to think more like swimming a bit more up? like a... So you know when you swim and one hand stays out the front and you see people really cruising and the other hand catches oh, up. Okay. When you're doing that, you haven't really got any forward propulsion. Yeah, they're both uh, in front of you. Yeah, so if you're, if you're breathing every three strokes, then you're usually a lot more balanced. So I have a tendency to fall into that trap. Um, so I, one of my key techniques is to sort of be a bit more of a windmill and focus on that when my mind starts to drift and do a little bit of three-stroke breathing to keep me, um, keep me more balanced. Um, I always really focus on, as I'm coming towards the end of the swim, uh, focusing on that transition, especially when it's a long transition like this one was, and visualising myself uh, sort of being nice and quick through there. And this is where I do start to also deal with some of the concerns I have. So my main concern with this one and the swim is uh, getting cold. Like last year, it was it was pretty pretty cold. Uh, it, the things I do to deal with that this year was I tell myself it was fine last year, I got through it. <laughs> It's going to be okay. It's only 25 minutes. How long has how cold is it? Well, this year it was not bad at all. Last oh. year, it's typically around about 12 degrees. Okay, it's cold, yeah. So it's pretty cold. Yeah. Um, Do you wear a hoodie? Yep, and wear a helmet, wear gloves, wear booties, and a thermal wetsuit. <laughs> he, wear, he wears two wetsuits. If you if you want to do some of these, I would strongly recommend the um, Blue 70 thermal wetsuit if you're going to do quite a few of these races. It's a big purchase to get another yep. wetsuit. Um 
but I just try to constantly be breaking the course down. So all I'm thinking about is getting to that first boy, then all I'm thinking about is getting to the second boy, and then all I'm thinking about is getting to the finish. And so they're only really sort of five to ten minute legs, so it's short enough where you can really break things down. So the swim, not too many dramas this year. The bike, um, again, people love to know nutrition. So what I was doing, or what my plan was on the bike, was to take uh, two bottles of Infinite, um, which gives me about 140 grams of carbs. Um, then I was going to have another little... Uh, flask sort of like those um, fuel belt flasks with uh, a couple of scoops of UCAN in it uh, then I was going to have two UCAN bars only end up getting through one of those the thing this bloody mountain biking it's bloody hard to get your nutrition in, and I'll go oh, through that's a good point it's really difficult yeah. uh, and then the plan was to have two two gels as well only got one of those in and the plan as you heard earlier was to have some no-dos drop that somewhere <laughs> if you're going through this in James anytime soon you see a couple of no-dos tablets don't pick mind. them up <laughs> you don't trust <laughs> anything off the ground um, so my bike plan uh, I was going to be working off heart rate don't have a power meter on my mountain bike don't think I'd really want one um, either it would just be so variable it would be uh, extremely difficult to pace off that so I was sort of pitching for a half Ironman uh, effort which for me is around about 140 beats per minute and my mantras that I sort of go go through when my mind starts to wander and I, or, or whatever I you know, just need to get a bit more focused is to always eat and drink when you can because those opportunities do not come around very quickly very often how often are you uh, just on a flat section oh uh, you get the middle section. You got a reasonable flat, but it's always bumpy. Yeah, you got to slow. You got to make. Did you stop? I did stop once. Yeah. Um, but you got to generally just got to slow down a bit. Yeah. So you, I have a Camelback on. So you sort of got access to that's just got water. And but then if I wanted anything else, you know, it's mm. hands off the handlebars. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was my nutrition plan. So I got probably I got the majority of it in. My mantras were eat and drink when you can. Keep the pressure on on the easier stretches um, because I knew I was going to lose time on the technical stuff, even though I was going better. Um, but it's really easy to, to keep to do those sections well and then cruise the flatter sections, which is actually where you can make up more time and be more confident. Keep cool um, because it was forecast to be an absolutely scorching hot day, and we did lots of river crossings. So I had my plan. If I'm really overheating, I'm just going to go and lie in a river for a for a moment on the way yep. through just to try to cool down and. As with every discipline, always just breaking the race into sectors. And this one was there's probably about seven or eight different sectors that I broke this race into in terms of hill climbs, different sections, and so on. And that sort of keeps the focus on as well. Um, technique tips that I have when I'm out mountain biking: cadence. Again, my cadence drops away when I start to get tired. Riding smooth circles, and also as a preventative measure, always trying to get out of the saddle a little bit. Um, it's a little bit harder on a mountain bike if you haven't done much because your front suspension sort of, um, you know, you're sort of going up and down a little bit. Yep. But that I knew that I needed to be doing that from an early point to make sure my back didn't become an issue. Concerns I had with the race, uh, the heat. Um, uh, main measure that I was going to use there is obviously just if I feel like I'm getting hot, then my go-to is to look down at my heart rate and make sure my heart rate's not getting out of control. And that did happen for me later in the race as I was having to consciously sort of slow down a bit because my heart rate was just uh, starting to get a little bit above where I wanted it. Crashing. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, I wanted to be aggressive, uh, more aggressive than last year, but not reckless. Yep. And uh, so I still got absolutely smashed um, by the good riders, um, but I did a lot better than I did last year. So, wait, um, so coming, coming off the bike, where were you? Uh, 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 the thing was, we st I started the bike ride oh, just before, okay, yeah, but okay. just before the 100k guys doing the 100k mountain bike ride, and they were catching me on the climb. Like Anton Cooper, who's a 
Commonwealth Games yeah. gold medalist. <laughs> he passed me up this He's hill. the one who did the finger A? No, he's the other one. Oh, he's the young, okay. nice one. Um, he came past me pretty quick. But then other guys that were probably of similar standard to me everywhere else on the downhill, so just, just like, I was skills. just nowhere. Yeah. So got absolutely thrilled, but I still did do better than last year, so that was good. Uh, the other concerns I've got, mechanicals, we've all got those concerns, but on a mountain bike, it's probably a higher likelihood that it's going to happen, but I couldn't control that, so I just blocked that one out. Uh, and then getting drilled again, and I was getting drilled by all these bikers, and I did get caught up by one of the other triathletes, Hayden, who, who went out fairly aggressively on the bike ride, and I was like, and it's really easy to start going, shit, am I really crap, or am I not going hard enough, um, but then it just comes to back to focusing on your on your own get home day. Uh, and then my run plan was to run through the rivers this time, I was a soft cock last time, didn't do it, took my shoes off and uh, <laughs> uh, ran cock. through the rivers, so that was all good. Um, again, always breaking the race into little sections, so I, I broke this event into four sections on the run, um, and then my nutrition on the run was to get through a couple of scoops of UCAN, so it was another... Maybe I only put one scoop in there. Probably about 40 grams of carbs there. Uh, plan was to have two gels. I only took one. Hindsight, probably should have taken that second one. Uh, have some lollies if I could. And then, uh, but I also, coming out of transition, had a can of Coke, um, which was flat. And Thomas managed to slam some chocolate into my mouth. Nice. Um, some dark chocolate. So that was my run in nutrition. In your feet. In my face. So the outcome of the race, so the th- relative to my goals, was, um, and that's what you've always got to do. You know, initially you look at your times and you look at your placing, but then I always try to circle back to my goals as quick as I can to actually make sure I've um, ticked off the things I want to. So my swim was actually nearly two minutes quicker than last year, so that was all good, and the distance was seemed about the same. Bike ride, I wanted to push harder, so my average heart rate was 136 compared to 129 last year, and I was 24 minutes quicker on the bike. Quite, uh, the bike conditions were a lot better. And then the run, I was uh, three beats per minute higher. I was 143 versus 140 last year. Uh, didn't run quite as well, but um, put a good effort in. And then on all my other sort of measures, like being more confident um, on the bike, confidence often means you don't crash because you're actually going a little bit quicker. Mm. So I was good on that. Did heaps more river crossings um, and just generally had more speed. More focus in the final third of the ride. Was pretty good on all those fronts as well didn't drop my no-dos which I said struggled in the final quarter but still was better than last year and enjoyed the family company so overall it was pretty good I do have a few other things here but I've been going on for a while um what else do I have? you do next year I've kind of I think I'll do one of the other events next year I'm, I've got my eye on the long one I said this last year as well the longer one so what's the really distance tough. of the long one so the long one's 2k swim only a little bit further in the swim I think it's two. I'm sure it's two. Yep. But it's a 100k bike ride and the extra 40-odd k you do is significantly harder than the rest of it. Yep. So, And then the run's 50k's off cross Oh, shit. So I'd be looking at sort of 12 and a half to 13 and a half hours. That'd be your longest race ever, wouldn't it? Yeah, hell yeah. 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 So... Just that'd be an interesting experience, wouldn't it? Yeah. but Yeah, because no, 100k on a mountain bike is pretty hard on the body. Yeah, oh, totally. You know, and then to get off and run 50k on, a, on an off-road... Yeah, it would be more of a completion. Yeah. Tar- it wouldn't be completion. Like last year was probably the same approach I had last year, yep. which was completion, not pissing around. No, no yeah. You're not, but, you're not walking the thing, but no. and you'll try to push yourself, but it's a different game. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So um, that might be. I don't, wanna, I don't think I'll do the same again. I've sort of ticked that box. That was a pretty good race. But if you were to do it, how had. much are you willing? Because like if you're going to go to that next level, how much more training would you have to do? 
just got to do more run training. That's what it would be. It's just get be ready, be ready for fifty k. You know, it'll be five and a half hours of running, mm. and I'm not ready for that at the moment. No. And I want to. It's like I want to run it. I don't want to go and yeah. just finish it. Yeah. So um, yeah. All in all, it's a good race. The track was in a lot better condition this year, so if you are keen on doing it, because um, it had rained the day before, plus I had a better bike, the, the um, full suspension bike made a, quite a big difference, and it did push harder, which was which was great. Paced it pretty well. Skills need to get better. Um, and, and just in general, I'm just, I'm not an Ironman, so I'm not in like sub nine hour shape whatsoever. So again, it's always... I did as good as I can with the fitness that I've got and I'm pretty buggered today so I think I did a pretty good job. So the question I have is what's the next goal? Uh, well, that's the thing, I, I love the Epic Camp so I'm going to do Epic Camp next year. Okay. Probably my next. Oh and I'm doing some short course racing this summer um, so I'm looking forward to doing that. I need to get my swimming up. My swimming sucks. I've taken it for granted for too long and now my swimming really sucks. The price. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, going to, I'm doing short course national champs which is draft legal which means I've got about two months to try to sort my swimming well, out. Where are they um, holding that? New Plymouth. Okay. So, uh, and, and would you want to be competitive there or? Uh, old fart competitive. Yeah. 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 So, You've need changed. to get swimming in order. Old fart competitive. Mm. <laughs> so, it's good times. And okay. I'd like somebody, some other people to come and join me doing the long distance one next year. Uh, so, feel free to drop me a line if you're keen to do it. Uh, just just whatever on, your speed is. On your but camps, when's your short one? Short one is coming up in Epic Camp Mini in April. I have still got spaces for it. People email me, oh, I don't suppose you feel any spaces. And I was like, yes, I have. I've got a good number of people doing it, but um, I would like to have some more. Okay. You know, um, you don't want these camps to be too big, but at the same time, you don't want them to be too small. Yep. Well, just right. Not too uh, heavy, not too light. Yeah. So if you want to check it out, epiccamp.com. Um, and we've got the one coming up in Nelson. In, so it's only really for Kiwis, unfortunately. Um, Maybe Australians? Well, I said that initially, and then it's all, yeah. yeah. Because I was hoping we'd be in Australia like by March, maybe yeah, April, May. Nah. <laughs> uh, so great, uh, and that's where I was in my holidays, and it's just outsta- It's going to be outstanding, you know, part of the country to go and see. Okay, good times. Do you want to do coach's corner? Um, do my couple thing? of couple. Uh, do your thing. Okay. Bevins. Bevins <laughs> segment. <laughs> So John threw at me, he kind of said you could do something, and I, I often, John pretty much always creates stuff for the show, and so I kind of thought to myself, what can I do? And I was going to do an old interview for one of my other podcasts, and then I thought to myself, I'm not sure if I've done this on the show before in the past, but I thought I'd just share one of the processes that I do in my day, every day of my life. I'm a big believer in uh, tools that keep us great. Mm-hmm. So, And I really believe in our life we should have structures and tools that keep us in a really good place. And one of the tools that I use is my Bevan book. Have I talked about this before? Your Bevan book? Yeah. Book. So the Bevan book is basically a book that I've created that represents me. Mm-hmm. And I basically what I do is I get out of bed every morning. And I'm, gonna t- I'm not going to talk too much about the Bevan book. I'm going to talk more about um, a, a process that I use within it. So I'll show John the book as I'm going to talk in here. But it's basically this big PDF book that I've created. It's like 28 pages. So it's, it's a big, mm-hmm. but it's very visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I do is I get up. I'm, I'm always up at like quarter to five. Mm-hmm. Get up, have some breakfast. And then I go into my office and I put this on the screen, so kind of like this here, so John can just see it. Um, So my whole screen is basically this PDF. And then I put a song on that emotionally really charges me. So the song is The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Mm -hmm. Love that song because it's it's, musically it's awesome. The message of the song is really powerful and it just really gets me emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. So then... uh, 
And then I just, so you, I'll show John just as I'm talking here. You'll see that each page has these parts of my life. So the first page represents the important people in my life. I'm going to go back to this page in a second. The second page represents my character strengths, drivers, visual representations, affirmations, kind of my great behaviors. My great behaviors represents when I do these things in my day, I live a better day. So for example, I've got here meditating, visualizing my day, having good calendar and organization of systems, um, reading my di- writing my diary at night and so on. I have a mind map of my goals, uh, some vis- some time frames. Then I have visual, goal, visual representations of certain goals in my life. So I've got one for my band, one for my physical, one for my investments. Uh, these are just some questions to ask myself. And then I actually have my current goals. So each area I've got music goals. I'm writing a book right now, my book goals, my business and relationship goals. And then you see here I've got this kind of me through life. So I have a picture of me as a kid, picture of me as a kind of now, and a picture of me as an old man. I've got one of those apps that's an old man. <laughs> right. But it's quite cool because you look at it and it just makes you think, you know, you, you have one life. Yeah. You know, and just every morning when I stop and think about that, and then I kind of, it just finishes with you are alive, make sure you live today well. So this is just one of those tools. And then I look at my calendar for the day, and each week, I'm, I'm very kind of structured how I do this. So each week on a Sunday or a Monday morning, I have a weekly, you know, I have my weekly meeting. Weekly meeting. Bevan? Yep. Present. But when I do my weekly meeting, I set my objectives for the week, and that's mm-hmm. in the different areas of my life, at the end of this week, what do I hope to have grown and achieved? So then I look through that and I look at my calendar and I visualize my day. That's kind of my process. Um, but one of the things in my Bevan book is I have my character strengths. And so when I think about growth, I have to think, how do you determine how you should grow? Mm-hmm. And my, my way of always thinking about growth is, is kind of three layers. First of all, who am I as a person? And I think that's really important to understand because often you'll see people chase growth. There's that saying that's quite a good, a good saying is, how do you know the ladder you're climbing up is going up the right ladder? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in life get caught in chasing something that's actually not really who they are. Mm-hmm. And um, the analogy I often give, uh, I, there's a really great story, and I may have talked about it on this podcast in the past, but one of my friends who's a group fitness instructor years ago was teaching a class. And after she taught the class, she went to the toilet. And while she's in the toilet, all the people who were doing the class started talking about her as an instructor. Mm. And you can just imagine that kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, and as you're listening to this, can you imagine imagine being at a party and all the important people in your life are in the room and you're in the toilet and they don't realize you're in the toilet and they start talking about you. Now, there's kind of a dreadful way of looking at that situation. And the dreadful way of looking at the situation is it kind of shows your insecurities, is what would you hate to hear about said about yourself? But then there's a really nice way of looking at it and it's what would be sugar to your ears. So when your world was speaking about you, what would be the ultimate things you'd want to hear about yourself? And to me, that represents kind of the values and character traits that you want to be seen or want to be in your life. And so for me, my and I, and I read a book once, which I really loved, and they talked about this. Um, and they talked about there's, when you think about character traits, there's kind of moral character traits, mm-hmm. and then there's performance character traits. And so for me, my moral character traits are love, honesty, happiness, fun, and freedom. Okay, so for me, if I'm in that room, if I'm in that toilet and everyone in my world is speaking about me and, and they're saying, oh, Bevan, he's just so loving or he's just so honest or he just seems really happy or he's heaps of fun or he just seems to have freedom in his life, I know I'm living my life well. Mm. When with my performance character traits, it's growth, focus, ambition, bravery, and creativity. So when I'm living my life well, I'm doing those things. Now, the interesting thing when you think about your character traits when you're not doing them, you feel you're losing yourself. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm not being honest, and I'm a really honest person, but 
if I'm not being honest, there's this moment where I feel I'm losing myself. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm not growing, I feel I'm losing myself. Or I'm not being ambitious in life. You know, it's one thing I've woken up in my life in this last kind of moment. I've realized I'm actually, in the last two or three years of my life, I actually haven't been that ambitious. Whereas you look at the 20s version of me, I was quite an ambitious young man. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that actually it's a time where I need to actually quit some things and I need to make some decisions about being more ambitious moving forward. Because ultimately, I, that's, I am a person who is ambitious. So, when we, so the first part of how I think about growing myself is you really need to understand who you are as a person. Like for you, John... If you were in that toilet and you would hear those words that you'd really love heard it said about you, what would they be? Top of my head, as you said, honest, hardworking. Yep. And I don't know if I guess from a event directing point of view, if I was in a toilet there, is you puts the athletes first. Okay. And, yeah. So caring. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why I love this kind of performance and moral, because the book I read was designed for, for athletes, and I was saying that some, the problem with athletes are they, it's that thing of you, you have to win at all costs, mm-hmm. but the downfall of that is you create broken people, and the great example that we use with that, well, I, I do a talk around this, and one of the great examples of this is, is Steve Smith, the Australian cricket player. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know much about cricket, about 18 months ago, he was the captain, or about two, two or three years ago now, he was the captain of Australia, arguably one of the greatest batsmen of all time, mm. um, an absolute freak sportsman, and he, he was the captain of the team, and they got caught cheating in, in a very dramatic way, and, and it kind of, it's a big scar on his career, and he had to, he had to he got a year's punishment, he couldn't play yeah. for a year, and that was one of those moments where he lost his morals to win, and that's what this book talks about, is that as in developing athletes, what we should be doing is developing the moral side of themselves and the performance side of themselves, and I really love that. And then when I think about my development as a person, is that I think to myself is, who am I? And then I go, what are my passions? Mm-hmm. So who am I? I'm, I'm love, honesty, happiness, fun, freedom, growth, ambition, focus, and so on. My passions are people, fitness, and music. That's, those are the things that I'm most passionate about in my life. I'm, I love, I've always been, like as a milk, as a, as a paper boy as a kid, my, milk, my paper round was going to take 30 minutes, mine took 90 minutes because I talked to everybody a client. Mm. I've, you know, I've, I've always been from day one, I've just been a people person. I love people. Um, you know, like you and I before a race, I knew, used to annoy the crap out of John because so. John needed his quiet space. I needed people, you know. If, if I got to relay, replay things again, I'd... I put on a special request to race directors, like put Bevan down at the end of the transition, and I'm at the other end. But that, because for me, for a race, people fills my cup, mm-hmm. and um, and for me, music, you know, my playing my piano, listening to music, you know, all that kind of stuff, and and obviously fitness. Those are my three passions. And so when I think about my life, I think my goals, how I set my growth in life, should be about getting better at my passions, and getting a deeper understanding of my real self. Now, as a part of my process, and this is what this book, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was a brilliant book. And what he talked about is that what you should do is you should choose one of those character traits and have a focus on a two-week period in your life. So what I do is when I do my weekly objectives, is at the top of it I always write an objective, a focus for one of my character traits. Mm-hmm. And I keep it for two weeks. So let's say I focus on um, fun. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I, a good example, actually. So I write fun in there. And what you're looking at doing is every morning when you read through, when I read through my objectives for the day, I just think, okay, today you're looking for those moments where you're going to have some more fun. And I remember last time I did fun, it was a little bit before Christmas, 
Um, I was taking it. <laughs> sound of fun. Last time I had some fun. Well, no, last time Christmas. I focused on fun. But, <laughs> and, and it was just, what you're looking at for is because in life, when you think about character traits, there's these moments where you get a choice. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where you get a choice where maybe I can be honest or maybe I can be a little bit dishonest. Or there's a moment where you get a choice where maybe I can grow here or maybe I won't grow here. Mm-hmm. And what this tool does is you basically go to yourself, today I'm just going to look for moments where that thing pops up. And actually, I've got a really good example from honesty. So I bought a, this is one that probably happened about eight months ago when I was focusing on honesty. So I bought a new microphone at the gym and that cost about 180 bucks. Brand new microphone. First time I used it, it failed. That's a real pain in the butt because then you've got to go through this process of getting a, you know, getting a refund and, and it takes a few months and it's a real pain in the bum. And I literally used it once. Mm. Now, the gyms have mics that they let instructors use and at the same time, they had a brand new mic. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, <laughs> I can swap it out. Yeah. You know, and you could probably justify it, eh? Yeah. You know, I've just bought my mic. It's a, I buy them from the gym. They have to deal with it. But in that moment, and I was focusing on honesty, I was like, is that the honest thing to do? And I was like, well, no, your honesty is really important to you. And that's what I love about this skill. So, so how does it work? So first thing you do is you need to spend some time identifying what those core values are to you. I mean, I do like this idea of thinking moral slash performance. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about moral, things like love, honesty, and happiness, where you think about performance, it's growth, ambition, creativity. Um, and then what you do is you basically, once you get a good understanding of what those really truly are to you, then you write them down, and then for a two-week period, you just think, today I'm just going to focus on honesty, or whatever it is for you. And what you're looking for is that moment in your day where you're confronted with that. And all you're looking to do is, when you see that moment, is to make the choice that makes you more evolved as a person in that area. And I just find, when I think about my evolution as self, like, one thing we can't get with time is youth. But one thing we can get is wisdom and a deeper understanding of, of who we truly are. And I find by doing this process, like in 10 years from now, I hope that I have a deeper understanding of honesty. I hope I have a deeper understanding of focus. I hope, you know, And this tool of just every two weeks focusing on this is a really good tool just to keep you aligned in life. Because what you often find when you find people who wake up and have lost themselves is they've hit those moments so many times and always made the wrong choice. And so for me, uh, why I wanted to share that with you guys today is that maybe, so if, if you've enjoyed what I've talked about, what would be the process I'd recommend? Well, what I'll do in the show notes for this week, when I work with clients, I often give them this list of values. It's like 500 values. And I say, spend the next two weeks just culling through these values. So you kind of, first time you just circle everyone that seems appealing. Yeah. Give it a couple of days and go back and then cross them out. And you kind of want to get kind of five of each, five you know, no more than five to ten of each, moral and performance. Mm-hmm. And then ask that question, once you got to there is, if I'm in that party and the world, people are important to me, would those be the words that I wanted to hear? Then once you've got that, then basically what you do is you basically, you choose one for a two-week period, get up in the morning, just spend some time reflecting upon it, and then look for those moments and in those moments, make the decision towards that person. Like, for example, I've been doing weights over because I haven't been able to do much running or stuff through the Christmas break because of my back. Um, I'm not that, like, cardio, I can blitz myself. You know, I'm mentally tough. Weights, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> but I've, in those moments, I've been going, okay, 
you're putting up your weight today because mm. you're someone who likes to grow. Mm. And then I had to deal, focus in that moment and because I want to be the person who makes that choice. Now, I've really enjoyed weights because I've grown through this period and it's because of these types of tools. So it's just a really good tool to add to your day, especially if you are someone like me who likes having tools that keep you in a great place, um, that helps you be aligned to who you are, helps you evolve who you are and actually helps you not lose yourself as a person. Very so, nice. So there you go. That's, that's Bevan's segment. And it just begins this to an hour. So perfect. It works perfectly. We'll do Wang of the Wang of the Week. Wang of the Week. Okay, John. Um, you put up a number. I'm, I'm going to no, say. I'm, I'm doing number one. Number one? Yeah. Who so is it? this this Kiwis have got an advantage today because we're recording Sunday New Zealand time. And so the, the Americans and the Brits oh, and haven't, the game. Haven't, had, haven't had a chance to get their sort of full weekend of training in. So number one is Rachel Cunningham. Oh. She's from Wellington. And because I know Rachel because she came on Epic Camp. She was one of the quiet assassins. And I reckon you might even know her because she, I saw she was camping down in uh, Glendu Bay over Christmas period. Oh, Glendu. It's pretty big, but... Yeah, okay, let me have a look. Can I Facebook stalk her? I uh, don't know, but she's, um, she's from Wellington and she's a, one of these quiet assassins. Husband, Shane, um, they own a bike shop in Wellington called Pedal Project. Fantastic. He was a really... One of the guys comes on camp. He's doing the camp. He's, he wasn't really running much because he had some injuries, but he was riding. He was always happy to help service people's bikes and oh. clean. And uh, we yeah. all need people like that in our life. Because Absolute gold. It's, it's the chef who's willing to cook for his mates. Exactly. You know, so because everyone asks them. If you're in Wellington, go check out Pedal Project, um, Wellington's Bike Shop. So Rachel's got a massive big spike in training last year in October. <laughs> what she was doing in October, but a massive big month there. Um, and. Uh, average rides per week three rides per week she's averaging uh, actually I suppose this is for uh, the last four weeks averaging three per week longest average distance per week two oh I do know Rachel minutes. yep I do know her now how do I know Rachel I know her face I Glen Bay maybe Glen Bay but yeah. I think I know her from elsewhere as well and longest ride she's done 236.3 kilometres oh. nice work so Rachel Cunningham from Wellington, you are our winger of the week. Well, and just, I'm just going to quickly look at last week because we were away. Who was winger of the week last week? We had uh, Kefren Izzard. He did 31 hours and 42 minutes of training. And I should add that this week, so far this week, and it is a Sunday over here. Oops, hold on. I have to go back two pages now. So far this week, Rachel did four hours, 16 minutes swimming, 13 hours, six minutes of riding, five hours, 43 minutes of running for 23 hours and five minutes. Um, I know a few people might overtake her tomorrow, but we're recording on a Sunday, so tough shit the rest of you. <laughs> tough <laughs> shit. You should have trained more early in the week. Yeah. Get it done. Okay, John, we're going to talk about our patrons. Now, you've got a lot here about Robert Green Spine Tingler. Rob, the Spine Tingler Green. I've known Rob for quite a while, and he's just uh, opened up. He's in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, he's nice. called Spine Tingler because he's a chiropractor, but they've just opened up in his practice the Hub Training Center oh, great. in Richmond, Virginia. They're doing running and multi-sport and nutrition coaching, personal training, VO2 max and basal metabolic rate testing, um, video uh, gait analysis, um, bike fitting and performance massage. So check out, if you're in the Richmond, Virginia area or that neck of the woods, check it out, Hub Training Centre. Also got Damien. That's a pretty cool spot. 
Yeah, Damien, the $100 bill, Bennett. And we've got Paul, the Tiger Monroe. Okay, if you want to become a patron, just go to www.imtalk.me, support the boys with the show. Um, it's all pretty obvious on the website. You also get a gift and, uh, yeah, just support us in what we do. Also, you get the email show, show email to you from the same website, just in the bottom of the front page. For coaching, check out coachjohnmewson.com. For my podcast, obviously, you can see what I do today. It's more kind of that deeper self stuff I kind of, I'm really into that stuff um, bevanjamesiles.com uh, content you can email imtalkpodcast at gmail.com or just go to our website and you can do it there John your goss so we last time we recorded the show was about a month ago you guys have just been getting all the ones as yeah. we as through the holidays but we haven't been together for about that a last one did take me a lot to edit <laughs> <laughs> because of course what happened was I, I, I thought I forgot about it didn't I you did he texted me last week and he said do you want to uh, record on Monday I was like I'm on holiday, man. You're well, we didn't get to go away on holiday, unfortunately, because of my back. And so Joel and I thought you were going to splash out because we didn't, you know, we didn't spend any money on holiday. And we we spent a splash out at a nice place in Hamner. And I thought, oh no, we've got to do the podcast. And I was yeah. like, John, can we do it early? And he said, mate, we've done it. And yeah. I was like, oh, sweet. But then, <laughs> if you recall, you would have guys listened to it. He kind of picked out bits and pieces from everywhere. Yeah. The editing was not easy, but I did get to get it done before I went on holiday. Great. So now I had uh, two weeks away. We were in Kaiteri Terry, which was great. Um, in fact, I also did the, yeah, rode the Papara track with my son. If people want to follow me, I'm, I've friend anybody on Facebook. You can find out what I do there. Um, but we did this three-day ride with my son and some friends, which was awesome. We got we we're up uh, on top of these mountains, and it started hailing like full-on hail. Uh, that was pretty spectacular. And so we did that, and then we've been up in Kaiteri for two weeks. Good times over there. Um, I rode a downhill track up there, a 16k downhill from the top of. So did you bike up? Or did they... No, we didn't. I would have liked to, but we didn't. How did you get up? Oh, you just get dropped off, so okay. shuttled. Uh, it's called the Ramika, which is a great downhill track. Not too, not too, sort of, again, intermediate. So it's a bit like that. Sorry? A bit higher. No, or longer. Oh, shitload longer than that. Yeah. So six, it, it, it took us two hours to get to the bottom. Oh, really? Yeah. I That's mean, like that a 16K? Was, yeah, that was with quite a bit of stopping and stuff. Oh, okay. It was about two hours to get to the bottom. Okay. Uh, so that was good times. And then, uh, yeah, did the race at the weekend, but two weeks in Kaiteri. you know what? Can't complain. New Zealand is a great place to ride mountain bikes. Oh, everywhere. Just, yeah. you know, it's like it, we are just ample supply. Mm. You know, you can do the adventurous stuff. You can do long rides where you, you know, ride for, you know, bloody length of the country. Mm. Our country, if you love a mountain bike, I know you can't get here right now, but if you're overseas and you want to do some cool mountain biking, this is a great place to come. So they're building a network, so they, they want to have the whole country sort yeah. of linked up. And when you go down the west coast now of the South Island, you can do um, – if you come at the right time of the year, you could probably do four tracks back to back, and each of them would be two to three days long. Yeah. Um, it's awesome, would, eh? It's yeah, so cool. It's very good. So that was my holiday, really. Just literally got back and back in my own bed tonight, and I'm going to sleep in about 30 minutes. <laughs> as soon as you get home. <laughs> so that was good times. Uh, and Christmas presents, what did you get for Christmas, Bevan? We'll go through your goss in a moment, but you, I got one of those, uh, I think you you love yours, the little the gun? vibrating gun yep. thing. Do you like it? I haven't created a, a strong opinion on it yet. I mean, I like the sensations it gives you. Yeah. Whether it's effective or not, I haven't decided yet. I think it is. Mm. Yeah, I do think it is. Especially if you want to get to like, so it's around the back of your glutes. It's, it's like a, it looks like a bit like oh, a yes, hair dryer. Like do they? Yeah, the I shotguns. Don't I don't think they do. Um, you reckon? They're always yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, no, I don't think they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen them. I've never used one. Yeah. Um, but it's like the size of a hair dryer and it's just got this, it just vibrates. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's, it's the thing of a, sh- a shock. A shock absorber or like a panel beating shock thing. And so you can basically do self-massage. Um, 
I don't use it a huge amount, but if I've got a little yeah. niggle, yeah, yep, definitely use it. Or if I'm really tight mm. and I stretch and I use it while I stretch, mm-hmm. it's really good. It helps you get a little bit deeper. Mm. Do it like that. Yep. So, Bevan, what's, uh, what's your cost? What did I get for Christmas? <laughs> what did I get for Christmas? <laughs> oh, no, I got some clothes. Joe and I were pretty hopeless this year. Mm. Yeah, we both of us knew. She bought some clothes. and she, oh, No, one thing she got me, because I'm going to be bloody going to hospital tomorrow, she got me a PlayStation controller. Because right. we've got the Apple TV, so yeah. because I'm going to be kind of bed-bound for a few days. So I didn't want to get a PlayStation. So I thought it was quite a good gift because I was nice. some games. What's my gosh, John? Well, I am going to hospital. I'll tell you one thing. We're in Hamner. And now, did you see my post about the, about the platter? Uh, I was trying to stuff my computer as okay. much as possible. We're in Hamner. Now, if you go to Hamner, the power station? Power I was here this morning. Did, did you we get the platter? Crash? No. Oh, you made a mistake. Did I? It is the best platter in the world. <laughs> and it's only 29 bucks. <laughs> like, no nice. shit, John. I'm not joking. You, yeah. So, Joe and I, we, we spent three days in Hamner. It was three nights and kind of three and a half days. And um, kind of day two or day one, we went to we went there for lunch and we were kind of both a bit peckish, but we both didn't want a main meal. So, we thought, we'll get the platter. Mm. You know, and platters are, can be hit and miss, can't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can either get the really crap platter or there's kind of a third Something of things. Something you make you at home yourself, otherwise. Yeah. yeah. This know. one was unbelievable. Mm. It, I, I, Go on my Facebook and have a look at the... Yeah, no, I don't, I'm not a food Facebooker. Yeah. But I went on Facebook and we did... It was <laughs> unbelievable, man. It was like... Just everything on it was awesome. It had a good mix of sweet, like your fruits, and, your, and it had real high-end fruits, and it had, we had halloumi and, and mushrooms. and Yum. It was absolutely... You, you made a big mistake, that's what I'm saying. You should go back tomorrow. I should. I, I Eggs Benedict's... It was pretty good. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great spot. But yep. do the platter. Do the platter. And so but I was there, and uh, I had a bit of a celebrity moment because I'm kind of going up to order my platter, and some guy kind of... You, you, he gave me a smile, and you could tell that he kind of knew me. And uh, my job, I kind of get to know lots of people, so I kind of smiled back. And but he came back and said, "You're Bevan from Les Mills," and so it was kind of a Les Mills moment. But it's, he was walking the length of New Zealand. Oh, right. So he's a, he's he, he's born in Taiwan, but he's a Kiwi kid. Um, and he'd basically been he'd been walking for three months. It's a five yeah. month journey. Yeah. And thousands of people would do it. Yeah. And it's self. Self-contained, so you basically you take your backpack and mm-hmm. you've got your tent. You might stay in some campgrounds and some YHAs along the way, mm-hmm. um, but it's very much you just walk the length of New Zealand. I just thought, wow, what a cool experience that would be, eh? Mm. You know, a real kind of solo mission. And uh, it was just really interesting talking to him about this kind of life experience because he works in IT um, and his, his job of letting him have six months off. It te- you know, it t- kind of takes about five months to do it. Normally, th- lots of people from overseas come and do it. Yeah. Um, and he said what a lot of people do would just do like an island, so they might walk mm. the length of the South Island. But basically, you've got to do like a five-month walk, mm. just simulated to the world. Yeah. Sounds good. It sounds good. A fascinating experience, eh? Mm. You kind of learn a lot about yourself, wouldn't you? You would. Yeah. But other than that, John, I'm getting an operation tomorrow, so next time I might be lying down. I'll have the mic. I'll be lying down like this. Yeah. I'll have the mic pointing up, and that's going to be me. So, But the, uh, the operation, um, when it comes to back operations, I don't think it's that major. So it's going to be a long recovery, but so be it. It's never nice getting that going under general. I presume you'll be going. I love general. it. Do you not like oh, it? It's freaky. I think it's the cool. I think it's the straight. Because the thing I love about it, as they go, okay, we're putting it under, you know, and two seconds later you're gone. Yeah. And the next moment you're awake. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I, just, I only had it a couple of times and I didn't, I just, I wasn't not anxious. I was just like, 
don't like the feeling of losing control here. Do you know Michael Jackson used that every night to go to sleep? Really? Yeah, that was the drug he died on. So oh. what they give people to put them under for operations, yeah. his, his surgery, his doctor was giving them every night. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty freaky. Anyway, let's wrap it up, John. I'm Russ. I'm Ando. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia car. car.